Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode of Quickly Grasp It, our fun historical running segment, 30 Minutes or Less, is just me and my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Oshawabke. Sammy, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing well here, too. Today, we are going to the college basketball world, and we're going to talk about the last team to have won back-to-back NCAA national titles, which, believe it or not, is the Florida Gators. Because they're a team in history that hasn't had much success in basketball. They're rarely more of a football program. And those teams that won the back-to-back were maybe some of the best teams you'll see in, in college basketball. The amount of sheer talent that was in those teams was just incredible. And they weren't really expected at first because they were a young team when they won the first one. And they weren't even, we'll get into it, but they weren't even seniors when they won, by the time they won both of their titles. And it all started with, and speaking of youth, if we go back to 1996, when after decades and decades of no success in Florida basketball, they hired Billy Donovan at age 30 to be their head coach to try to turn the team around. And he did have some success. He made the national championship in 2000 when they lost to Michigan State, which is also happens to be the last time that the Big Ten won a national championship. Been a good 20 years. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I remember them, I remember reading about them. I don't know if it was 2000 year or the year before. I think it was the year before where I believe it was his first year with the team, right? He was, you just said he was there at 99. 96. 96. I want to say it was 99 where, you know, they really started to become like a name. Well, not not like a name, but like a uh, school that would be performing in basketball, at least making the tournament more consistently. And that was probably their first early best team ever at that point in 99. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 96, 97, they were below 500. I believe 98 was the first year they kind of started to turn around. And then 95... Or 99, they made the tournament. In 2000, they made it all the way to the national championship. But that almost seemed like a one-time blip because after that 2000 year, they made the tournament. They became a fix fixation into the NCAA tournament, but they lost in the first or second round for five consecutive years. So the early found success of Billy Donovan in that upward trajectory kind of flattened out. Similar to Villanova later in the 2000s, the Jay Wright days, where they had those couple runs with Lowry and Scotty Reynolds and then became a big disappointment for many years until 2016. Yeah, and I mean, coming in as, as an LSU fan, you know, not wasn't too familiar with early, early 2000s college basketball. It was probably around the time where they start to hit their peak in 2004, where I probably started to notice them more consistently. And I mean, myself as a fan, it wasn't really until 2004, 2005, where I got into college basketball because that when we get to it that that team was a lot of fun even though I'm a, I'm an LSU fan yeah I mean for me too basically my first year I really remember watching college basketball was the 2003 Illinois team was the first team I was a big fan of D Brown Jay Augustine and Deron Williams in the tournament and then after that I was stuck with Illinois for a bit I still liked Augustine and Brown until they left and then I transitioned to a UNC fandom but Florida was really one of the first teams to make a big impact because that 2005 team was actually pretty good. They had David Lee, who was a fixture in the NBA, and they had a couple of other players who got drafted. 
which led to that 05-06 year where their whole starting lineup was freshmen and sophomores. They weren't a veteran team by any sense. I believe they started out 17-0 and when many people had them as not even a top team in, in the country. They just went on to start yeah. off this season just just blazing, almost undefeated. Yeah, they started because they're starting five for the guys you may have heard of. Corey Brewer, Al Horford, Joakim Noah, and Torian Green were the main four. All of them, well, I guess as Sammy mentioned, they started 17-0. and Then in SEC play, they had a couple of bumps. So they finished this regular season, including the conference tournament, 27-6 and with a three seed. And up to this point, all four of those starters that I mentioned, Brewer, Horford, Noah, and Green, all averaged 11-plus points a game. They were about balance. They were about teamwork. They played good defense, but really ran the floor well on offense. A very efficient team, and everyone played well together. There was a great camaraderie and chemistry among those star players. And I want to say everyone in that starting five at least averaged double-digit points during this run. Or maybe it might have been the second run, too. But I, I, I remember... Just how selfless everyone was on that team. They just worked amazingly together. Yeah, it was really, I mean, it was both years. They were both very well put together as well. This year, though, it was the upstart year. They weren't totally expected, as I mentioned. They were three seed. They weren't this super incredible talent, super incredible power. They had great players, but no one really expected them to make a huge run. They beat a few teams that weren't. They had a pretty easy run in this tournament. They didn't have to play anyone that was a higher, even close to their seed until they played the team we mentioned, Villanova. They played them in the Elite Eight, who was the number one seed in their region, and they upset them there, which brought them to the Final Four. And I remember this Final Four, not even really because of Florida, because of the George Mason team. Yeah, that George Mason team was coming hot and was an incredible Cinderella run at that point. Yeah, the but they handled, they handled them very nicely, Florida. Yeah, that Jim Laranega, George Mason team just was the one of the biggest Cinderella's in tournament history. And then Florida just decided there did not need for them to make it to the finals, <laughs> wipe the floor cleanly. And then in the national championship game, they faced UCLA led by our boy Aaron Aflalo. I used to be jealous of Aaron Aflalo. I used to be jealous of Femina follow. I used to be jealous of Femina follow. There you go. <laughs> Needed to get that in there. <laughs> and that UCLA team, I didn't remember them being this good because their later teams with Kevin Love, Darren Collison, and Russell Westbrook were much more talented teams. But a follow led them really to contention two years in a row for both of these years. But this one wasn't that close. Florida won 73 57. And they were the national champions for the first time. Well, that's that's in the line. It says he says I used to be jealous of Aaron Aflalo. Aaron Aflalo led the UCLA Bruins to the national championship by himself. <laughs> Pretty much, but no win for Aaron Aflalo. No, and that was the first. That was the first championship for the Florida Gators, considering they were all young and they weren't really the expected champions and due to all the balance none of their players really stood out all five starters returned for the following season which i just want to say that itself it was interesting because you know you got everyone just came off a high of of winning the championship you'd think they'd all be considering the draft at this point 
And they decided to come back together to, I don't know, prove the world that it wasn't a fluke or something. I'm not too clear why they all came back, but it might have been the best decision they all did. Absolutely. Because, yeah, they were all young. All of them, the main guys were all sophomores. There was really no reason for them to go right away. They had two more years of eligibility. None of their draft stocks were super high. I don't believe any of them were projected to be lottery picks. So it really wouldn't have made sense to jump ship. I'm sure some of them could have, but they had such a great chemistry together that they were able to display the previous season. And they wanted to come back. And they knew they had the ability to be national champions again. I want to say Corey Brewer had decent amount of buzz in, in the draft. And I want to say Noah too, but it wasn't enough. No, it wasn't worth it to pursue going to the draft. They all decided to stay, and from there, they were the number one projected, the preseason number one. They were almost as, pretty much as good as last season. They went 29-5, and five, but this time they had the number one overall seed because even though their record wasn't much different, they won the SEC tournament, and they weren't being taken lightly. All five... Well, as I said, all five starters returned. Their top four, the ones that I mentioned earlier, Brewer, Horford, Noah, and Torian Green, all averaged between 12 and 13.3 points per game. And then Lee Humphreys was their fifth starter who averaged 10.1. So in that regard, where you mentioned earlier, you were correct in that all five starters this year averaged 10 plus points per game. And boy, did this team, when they played, like, even though the record wasn't as nice as, or was the, re- I thought the record was better than the previous season. It was, but not much. It was, went from 27 and 6 to 29 and 5. It wasn't like that Florida team in 2013, 14, where they went like 32 and 0 or like 33 <laughs> and 2. What, yeah. 32 and 2, I think they were going into the tournament that year, or like 33 and 1. It wasn't like that kind of year. There was just the difference, honestly, was the respect and a couple of their losses were more like trap game silly losses than, wow, they're worse than some of these other teams. This team was clearly superior in talent. All the guys we mentioned, all the sophomores that had won the national championship were starting again as juniors and were even better. Yeah, but from what I'm reading, they ended up closing out very nicely when they won their uh, SEC tournament, especially with just beating Kentucky with ease. So, yeah, they were definitely the clear best team in the SEC and possibly in the country. And they were rewarded that. And they had a pretty easy cruise into the Final Four once again. And there, they faced Aaron Afalo and the UCLA Bruins <laughs> in a rematch of the National Championship from last year. Damn, that that's... You can't... You, you gotta wonder what's going through Afalo's mind at this point. Of like, he's gotta deal with this Florida team again, preventing him from winning a championship. Yeah, he was... I'm sure he was pissed to face them again because pretty much once again, he was alone. They had some other players, but nowhere near, no one nearly as good as Aflalo. And once again, they got handed pretty badly by Florida, and Florida was once again in the national championship game. You'd have think that, you'd have think, thought, thought, whatever. Uh, <laughs> funk. That if the Bruins, UCLA beat Florida at this point, you think they win this championship? I don't think so. I'm sure UCLA was thinking that because they clearly they thought they were the best team the past year, except for Florida. And you always, if you're going to beat Florida, you have to have the confidence that you're going to beat 
who Florida faced in the national championship game, which was Ohio State, led by the number one pick that upcoming year, Greg Oden. Yep. Oh, poor guy. I still feel bad for him. Yeah, they also had Mike Conley as well. Greg Oden actually didn't play that great in a lot of the tournament. He dealt with some foul trouble in a lot of the games. He played pretty well in this national championship game, which was actually a rematch of the regular season. Ohio State and Florida played each other. That game, Florida won. The first one. Oh, so nothing changed here. <laughs> no. Spoiler alert, if you didn't realize, we were talking about the back-to-back national champions. It was a, another rematch. Greg Oden played pretty well, but once again had some foul trouble. Joakim Noah had a really solid game. Corey Brewer also had a solid game. The final score, 84-75. And the Florida Gators were back-to-back national champions. I just looked it up. They beat Ohio State uh, 86-60 to 60 in the regular season. So Ohio State improved, I want to say. And Florida pretty much stayed consistent 84-86 to 86, or 86-84. to 84. So at least yeah, Ohio, State Ohio State made State it a game. <laughs> they were, I mean, they were a really good team. And, and that draft as well, they had Odin, Conley, both went in the top four. And then Daquan Cook went 21st overall. I know, I listened to... I've been following Mark Titus a lot, and he was on that team as the bench warmer. But I listened to all the stories about how great that Ohio State team was and how he's still pissed that they didn't win the national title. And to think that, you know, these two championship back-to-back teams in, in basketball coincided very nicely with the two championship football teams as well. If you went to Florida during this period, you got blessed. Yeah, I believe it was right after the two basketball teams won that <laughs> Tebow came in and led the Florida to their titles in football. Yeah, pretty good time. If you went to Florida from 05 to 09, you really thrived as a fan of sports. <laughs> as much as much as, as an LSU fan, I, I can't stand that. You got to give respect to just how incredible that team was, both their football and their basketball. Less on their football, sure. more on that basketball. Al Horford, Corey Brewer, I genuinely loved like, I know, I think Horford was the highest one between the three of them in terms of the draft when we address it, but Corey Brewer was my, was probably my favorite player on that team. Yeah, he was just a combo guard, really great athlete, and he wasn't necessarily, the. I mean, there was no fulcrum of that Florida team, but his athleticism was what really made it go. I, I agree with you. This is one of the first years that I really got into the particulars, maybe the year before, because guys that were drafted later, like AC Law out of Texas A&M, I loved him. Alondo Tucker out of Wisconsin. Aaron Brooks out of Oregon. Aaron Aflalo, I, I loved him back then, too. A lot of guys that I really just individual players that I fell for. Most of them were not that successful in the NBA. But that was the first time where I really got invested in individual players in college basketball. I'm trying to think. Was that the big baby year? That was also the big baby year. Yeah. That's why I was like, no, I remember this drafted. draft. No, he wasn't drafted in 07, no. I'm pretty sure he was. No, that was... 2007 I mean, Tyrus NBA. Thomas was 06. 2007 NBA draft in... Yeah. Second round, 35th overall by the Golden State Warriors traded to Boston. Oh. Glenn Davis out yep. of LSU. You're right. That wasn't the good LSU team, though. That was the year no. before when they made the Final Four. The first no. year. Yeah. I, uh, that was a great year. I love that big baby Tyrus Thomas duo at LSU. 
my heart broke so much because they lost on such small they they more beat themselves up more than actually losing. Well, they lost to Aaron Flalo in UCLA. Yeah, and a lot of mistakes in that team. It was ah, it hasn't really been that high. Yeah, I, I believe- LSU basketball hasn't seen that high really ever. <laughs> No, I, if I remember correctly, LSU was the favorite in that Final Four between Florida, George Mason, UCLA, and them. And yeah, they blew yeah, it. Yeah, they were, and yep. they shot themselves in the foot more than actually getting beat upright. They they had the talent to beat UCLA, and they just you know committed to way too many fouls, made too many turnovers, just dumb passes, just stepping out of you know when you inbound the ball instead of passing it, just walking in. It was it was just a mess. Yep, it was an ugly game. I do remember that for sure. So Florida ends up back-to-back national champions, and all their starters decide to, this time, declare for the NBA draft. You're not going to probably win three in a row. And at this point, they were truly recognized as a great, talented team. So They had, what, three in the top ten, right, I want to say? Well, this was... They were the first team in NBA, in college basketball history, to have all five of their starters drafted and three of them were in the top 10 al horford first one went third overall following the well-known greater debate of the greg odin kevin durant where greg odin went one kevin durant went two that was the same year and then jeff green went five. Oh, yeah you knew that yiji on went six and then from the florida team cory brewer went seventh joe kim noah went ninth so three top 10 guys but then they also finished it off with Chris Richard, Chris Richard going 41st and then Torian Green going 52nd. So five, all five players on that Florida team getting drafted, which is that just shows you how good that team was that even it's not like it was. It's pretty comparable, I guess, later on to those early one and Duncan Kentucky teams. But those teams were much more talented in terms of high school prospects and athleticism and all that florida was just based on their sheer ability to win in college basketball shout out portland for having two number one pick controversies in their nba history that could completely change their outlook if they just drafted you know the guy that (laughs) one player before them Well, the eight, the other one you're talking about was not the number one pick. Wasn't it the number two pick? It was the number two pick, but still having the opportunity yeah. to <laughs> draft someone who I mean, would have definitely made a lot of, given them a lot of history, a lot more history. My, Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant, I would, I would say so. <laughs> and you tra- you trade that with not Michael Jordan. They drafted who was it? Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie, yeah. Yeah, Sam drafting Bowie Sam and Bowie Odin. and Greg Oden, and you can instead of Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant. Yikes! <laughs> but unfortunately, both of them were injury issues. Bowie had injury problems too, and we all know of of Odin's well chronicled knee and back and leg issues. Unfortunately, that hindered his promising career. At yeah, the time, this was this I was mean, actually the year the after the year after two years after. When was the Brandon Roy year? Also for for Portland, it was. I, I think it was the year after. That's another just yeah another injury high rated pick by Portland. Yeah, they they were very unlucky for a couple years. No, they took Brandon Rush that year in the first round, two thousand eight. 
Not quite. Ron Who first Brandon. met you? 2008, Derrick Rose. Ah. But then right. Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo, Westbrook, Love, Gallinari, Eric Gordon. Not not a bad... I mean, Beasley and Mayo end up not being what people thought they would be. Oof. The 2009 draft is so bad. But... Um, Roy drafted. 09, I don't see... At least... The first round they took Portland took Victor Claver, and then the second round they took Dante Cunningham. But two thousand nine. Oh, Brandon after Roy was two thousand six. Oh, he was before that. Interesting. So back to back years, Brandon Roy and Greg Oden, and they didn't last much long because of injury. Yeah, that's rough. At least they're not Minnesota, who took Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn back to back before <laughs> when Steph Curry was still available. <laughs> that little boy out of Davidson. Had to get that one in there. <laughs> Had to throw it in there. I want to highlight, you know, these the three guys that that were drafted in the top ten: Horford, Brewer, and, and Noah. Is Noah still playing? I, I want to say that they were all still playing. You know, given that they were drafted in two thousand seven and it's now twenty twenty. Uh no, I've heard rumors actually that Noah is trying to come back into the league right now, though, due to the impending return and they're not sure what they're going to be doing with rosters and everything. Noah is looking to return. However, he's currently out of the league was bought out by the Knicks, I believe last season and has not played since. But Horford, he's still kicking it strong, really been on top. I mean, both him and all three of them have pretty much been on top teams at this point, even though it's more so in the second half of their careers, more so than the early first half. Because Al Horford, what was it, before he joined the Celtics, that Atlanta Hawks team was nasty. Just to get smoked by LeBron. Yeah, the five all-star Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> that team was weird, weird. just filthy. Yeah, the Teague, Corford, Horford, Horford, Millsap. What? Was Corford the all- another... Yeah, Corford was all a starter. starters were all stars. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. T. Corver, Horford, Millsap, and I can't remember who the fifth one was. Millsap, Horford, T. Oh, was it Joe Johnson? No, no, no was he wasn't it? on the he wasn't no. he wasn't on the team at that point, right? No, no, he was he was earlier before that. Or was it just? I swear it was all five. It was a fourteen fifteen year. It was yes, yeah. Horford. Corver, Millsap. Who was their starters? Damari Carroll? Yeah, Damari oh. Carroll. Yeah, it was Carroll. Ah, there it is. Yep. Yeah, well, we've gotten off the road a little bit, but I did want to mention that although both of those, all of those guys won their champ- back-to-back champions at Florida State, none of them won an NBA title between Horford, Brewer, and Noah despite being on several different teams throughout the years and being on a few contenders, each of them, neither that none of them won a NBA championship up to this point. I think the trend was for Horford and Noah just getting smoked by LeBron. <laughs> yeah. And Brewer was never really, he was always more in the West, but was never on a true contending team at the right time. Yeah. And I just want to add that, you know, even, even though they won back to back and haven't won a championship since then, which is, I mean, I'm sure they're not complaining at being the last team to win back to back, but and being stuck in in a seem to be a stacked Kentucky decade since they've won those championships, but they've done well for themselves. They made the Elite Eight. 
pretty much consistently since then. So it wasn't seem like a like a huge one-off thing of all right, they're a championship winning team and then that's it. They've always been pulling out these can almost contender level teams. They've had the talent. Yeah. They haven't lost. Yeah, Billy Donovan Billy Donovan was a very good coach even after all these guys left and until he left to go to the Oklahoma City Thunder as the head coach there. And even with Mike White, they still have had some success, not as much as when Donovan was there. As we mentioned, that one year where they finished 36-2, and that was really their pinnacle year since. But that team also was similarly not, no one that was really highly touted. And that year, I don't think any of those guys ended up even getting drafted in the first round at any point. I don't think so, no. Yeah, this team was by far the best Florida's ever had. And for your sake, let's hope it's the only great one. <laughs> Bring back the Tigers. <laughs> They're trying to. <laughs> we came so close a couple years ago when we had Ben Simmons, but he decided to look at you mean NBA the year you instead. Make the tournament? Yep. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say you guys came close. You know, when you have the number one overall pick and uh, not make. Yeah, they they were poorly coached. As much as Giant Jones was able to get Ben Simmons, he was not able to actually coach a team successfully. <sighs> Sorry to break that to you. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up here. Sammy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to Firmly Grasp It, specifically Quickly Grasp It. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at Grasp It 2020. You can email us any questions or comments at graspit2020 at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.